Hi, Moss. Hey, Jess. Um, we are both wearing denim. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. Hey, everyone. This is Ann Doherty, co-founder, co-owner of Illum Advising and your host for Current, an energy podcast. Today, we're going to have an opportunity to listen to two of our colleagues at Illum, uh, Jess Revis and Amanda Moss, talk about their experiences as LGBTQ identified folks in the workplace as part of our series, Other, Navigating Work and the Workplace When Your Experience is Not the Norm. This series was launched a couple weeks back in a conversation with Stephanie Troutman Robbins and Eric Clemens, both professors at the University of Arizona, as we talked about the role of race and gender in the workplace and how it's important to engage with critical thinking around these two topics to both expand our understanding of our colleagues, but also to expand the conversations that we're having in the market and with each other around race and gender. As a continuation of that, we invited Illum colleagues to reach out to one another and invite them to a conversation to talk about their experiences in the workplace with the hope of providing a little insight to those of you that are listening and also to expand the conversations that we're having at Illum, but also the conversations we hope that you're having in your workplaces with your colleagues who may be showing up to work with a different identity or lived experience than you. So with that, I'm gonna introduce both Jess and Moss and then um, allow them to ha- engage in a conversation with each other. So Jess Revis is a principal at Illum Advising. She uses she and her pronouns and identifies as queer or gay and Latinx. She currently lives with her wife in Portland, Oregon located in the traditional lands of the Multnomah and the Clackamas, among other tribes who made their home along the Columbia River. Amanda Moss, who we call Moss at Illum, was born, raised, and lives on the land stolen from the Tohono O'odham and the Paskayaki peoples, otherwise known as the Tucson, Arizona region. Moss uses she and her pronouns and identifies as queer and gay and white. She and her fiance have two cats and they enjoy exploring the varied landscapes of Southern Arizona. With that, I'll turn the conversation over to Jess and Moss. We're here, um, different states, but together. Um, I'm excited that we're gonna use some space and time to talk about our experiences in the energy industry as members of the LGBTQIA plus 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 community. Um, you know, yeah, we're in different states. There's a lot of other differences between us, our age, uh, I think our backgrounds, our heritage. And I'm so looking forward to chatting with you about this topic to see how similar or maybe different our experiences have been and continue to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really excited too. And thanks for having the idea for this conversation and inviting me to talk through it with you. Um. <laughs> well, thanks for being brave. I, I'll be honest, I've never talked about this topic in this kind of setting. Um, and so I appreciate your bravery and being in this with me. And I think um, we'll just see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, 
I think we can, I think we both kind of talked about how we're not, I don't know, sometimes sharing is a little bit fun. So I'm glad that we're in this together and getting to dive into it. So yeah, do we want to, do we want to, do we yeah. want to, is this good Do you want to ask, do you have a, well, do you have a, do you have a, any like first question for me on our podcast here? I do. Yeah. So as a, I guess we can start off with just, you know, as a person who identifies as LGBTQ plus, how has your membership and, you know, this group impacted your experience with the workplace and, you know, or has it? And if so, how? I think generally that um, my experience as a queer person in the workplace and specifically in the energy industry, where I've actually spent my entire professional career has been, um, I would say generally positive. I, I don't really feel like I can point to any time that I was maybe outright discriminated or othered. Um, although that perhaps is a very low bar for whether something has been a positive or a negative experience. Um, I think, uh, you know, my age, um, is such that I've probably been really fortunate that by the time I entered uh, into this professional career or this industry that um, being gay was at least more palatable, I think, maybe not totally um, uh, shared and celebrated, but um, certainly I think you're different than, um, I just feel really compelled to acknowledge than maybe, or certainly not maybe, certainly in previous decades. Mm -hmm. So, I think maybe how where it's manifested for me is in just like the broader heteronormativity that still exists. And oh, by yes. that, I just, yeah, I, I figured you had that similar experience. I think for folks who maybe don't think a lot about heteronormativity because um, maybe that just is your experience. Um, it's just like, it's kind of one of those things that's just like insidious. It's like all around and it's in languaging. So I think and really it can be just conversational when, you know, from like getting to know people um, and people asking, you know, about, well, what does my husband do? Very seemingly harmless remark that, you know, then you have to obviously clarify that you don't, in my case, have a husband, but you have a lovely wife um, to things that maybe feel bigger um, somehow to me, like languaging um, still in like the HR side of work, you know, when you're like onboarding or when you're reviewing policies or in case of, you know, um, other big life events, like maybe getting married or having families. I think that's another place where you can really run into things that feel still quite challenging. Um, but I think, and this is where I'm interested to have this conversation. I wonder sometimes for we are disembodied voices for folks listening to our podcast, but I think some people also might see my representation as being probably a little bit more conventionally feminine. Mm -hmm. And so in that regard, I wonder sometimes um, as a queer person that I, I experience what people in the queer community call um, fem, feminine invisib invisibility, excuse me, that's a mouthful. Um, because I think there is still a stereotyping of that queer people, especially queer women, look a certain way and present a certain way. Um, and certainly early in my career, I, I think I just dressed a lot more feminine. I was, and that was probably definitely born out of um, insecurity with maybe wanting to present how I actually wanted to visually. Um, and boy, I've never talked about it and that feels awkward to admit, but I think <laughs> for any of my friends out there professionally who used to see me in a pencil skirt and blouse, 
I'm sure nobody at a loom would believe that that's anything I used to wear, but um, and there's no, no, I have no issue with that. I think I was struggling with um, probably how I thought the world wanted to see me show up and how I wanted to show up and the gap between them. But I've said a lot. I want to hear what you think. I think the only thing I want to say, so I'm not like a super Debbie Downer is I also think I've had really positive experiences to answer your question in, that um, have been brought to me by being a queer person in the energy industry and in the workplace of so just like being able to connect with other people and like micro communities within this community and, um, you know, informal mentorships and, and networking and, and such. And um, that's been really special to me. And I appreciate that um, opportunity to have had that and to continue to have that. But so yeah. what about for you? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing all that. And I mean, I've been, I'll just kind of immediately coming off of what you just said, I've been super, I feel very fortunate to be at a loom where there's a few queer folk and um, just having that mentorship, I really feel it. And I really feel the um, value of having people to relate to and talk to and have these type of conversations. So um, I appreciated that note. I think, you know, as far as in the energy industry, you know, for me, it's definitely overall been positive. And I think for me, because I present more androgynous that I always come up against being misgendered and pretty much, but it's like similar to my everyday life and my, both my professional and, you know, non-professional life. And, you know, that's been a thing for, you know, since I cut my hair short, I remember the first job I was working at was in, um, it was like a manufacturing job and it's a, it was a more conservative place, uh, given, especially given the work that they were doing. And it was the first place I cut my hair. And I remember some woman coming up to me and she was like, Hey, like hair looks good. Be careful about like cutting it shorter. Cause you know, you might look like, and I said, I tried to finish her sentence. It was like, Oh yeah. Like it looked like a boy, like, haha, I get it. And then she was like, no, no, like, like a lesbian. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so that was like my first, I mean, ultimately I had been there for a while and people, you know, were welcoming. And, you know, once I kind of slowly came out at that place, they were like, Oh, cool. Like kind of a thing. And everything was fine, but it was, you know, it's just always that kind of have like experiences like that or another place that I worked at. It was an internship at a, because I did my background's in urban planning. So I had this um, planning internship and um, at a community nearby Tucson. And I remember I was in the bathroom, like washing hands. And I was always wearing a suit because, you know, that's what I do. And uh, this person comes in to the bathroom, looks at me, walks back out, looks at the thing, starts laughing, and then just like walks in and says nothing to me. So, you know, it's just like, I think like I've had more experiences like that that are kind of like those not really, you know, hateful or completely, um, I don't know. I just think that people are just never, it's just to me really reads like people just are not so unfamiliar and just don't have exposure to queer folk in their life. And then that's where you see it manifest. And, and then, so because I fall into this like really androgynous, you know, appearance, then I kind of get to see that uh, experience. And, you know, I think like those were, you know, probably those experiences were probably closer to, you know, 
five to 10 years ago. And, you know, in the energy industry, it's, I haven't already like developing at a loom. It's been a bit different, but definitely like walking into a room, there's always like a little bit of a look, you know, of what's that person's gender. <laughs> right. And, and yeah. you just kind of feel it. And, and I've definitely felt it, you know, going to, um, you know, and like going into the field to do research and collect data that, there's certain parts of the country where I'm certain I'm very cognitive of what kind of like state legislation is going on there and how I might be perceived going into people's homes and how they might, how, you know, how they how receptive they might be to me there. And fortunately I've never had any negative experiences in that, but uh, it's, it's, it's just something that I'm thinking about often. Moss, thanks for sharing all of that with me. I do. Um, I, I think some of those things you're describing, yeah, you know, can feel like uh, microaggressions, right? And certainly, um, um, I can appreciate the, yeah, that being potentially, you know, or being presenting more androgynous can just maybe complicate things further in terms of um, the experience you're having or have had. So, yeah, um, I guess the next thing I wanted to learn or hear from you is, you know, do you feel represented in our industry? This one is tough. I, um, I suppose I do and I don't. Um, how's that for dodging the <laughs> question? No, um, I, thank you. I, um, you know what, this is tough. I, that's, a, that's a really good question. I think, I guess, I guess I don't. And I think what's hard is if I'm being really honest, I'm not sure how that, like what I feel like being truly represented would represented would look like. Um, I think, I think I, um, you know, and also if I think I'm also, there's a lot of layers to like, what does it mean for me to feel represented? Because being queer is really one part of a lot of things I feel like that colors my identity. Um, I'm also a woman um, and I'm a, a female engineer and that's a, that's a whole thing to unpack. Um, I'm also um, Latina. I'm also um, the child of an immigrant. Um, so there's a lot of things. And so I think, uh, but in terms of being queer, you know, I guess um, I feel lucky to know um, more openly gay and queer um, people than I ever have in our industry. I think it's still probably not as many as are out there and I can totally appreciate why that might be. Um, and I hope to just, I guess, see more of it. And I hope to continue to be open and be somebody who, if other people are looking, they can see me um, and know that I'm out here. Um, what about you? Do you feel represented in our industry? Yeah, no, I think that's I like, I really appreciate your response and because, yeah, it's, it's just like one part of our whole, right? And, and I don't know, I always kind of go to this thing of how I present or, you know, just kind of some kind of like all the heteronormativity that exists in so many parts of our lives. So, yeah, it's, it's a tricky question. Um, what do you think our industry is getting right when it comes to supporting our community? Um, or is it getting something wrong specifically? So... Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I guess, uh, you know, aside from seeing organizations putting pronouns in their signatures, I, I'm not really sure what the industry is doing for the queer community. 
Um, I think, you know, I, I was, you know, I'm thinking about it. I remember Jess, you, I think you put on, what is it, the first, you know, queer mixer at IEPC two years ago. And that was really cool and exciting. Um, uh, you know, but that was like you doing that and being proactive and organizing something like that. And I guess I've been just really reading about all the anti-queer legislation that's going around in the U.S. Um, you know, I, I asked something about this because, uh, you know, my fiance and I, you know, eventually we want to start a family. And but I also know that that would cost a lot of money for us to make happen. And, um, you know, whether, yeah whether regardless of what method we use or if we choose to adopt or what you know whatever like all of that is going to cost a lot of money and you know i know that that's not covered by insurance and so i don't really also see that kind of being fit into how like i don't see companies necessarily advocating for that and that's not and that's not exclusive to our industry either it's just across the board like this isn't a piece that people are pushing forward for having better health care coverage to really capture what you know, what is, what is it being, what are the healthcare needs of all folks? And um, so that's like one piece. And, you know, I guess, yeah, it's like, I don't, yeah, I don't feel unsafe here, feel like in our industry or anything like that, but, you know, definitely, you know, we just kind of coming back to that, like not feeling totally like normal or just kind of, yeah, part of that. So, yeah. Do you, what do you, what about you? What do you think? Is there anything that comes to mind to you about what's, the industry's getting right or not getting right or um yeah like I mean um yeah I mean it's I think that is a big one I think um I'm happy to see you know pronouns being um identified I, I do think that is nice to see I agree again that maybe that's a low bar um I think we've um as a queer community tried to signal and spread uh, the word that we don't like, love the rainbow um, version of everyone's uh, corporate logo, if that's really like the beginning and end of support, it feels, you know, performative. And I think, um, I think hopefully that point has been well made. But I think that what you're flagging is, is right, that I think true support for the queer community is in um, actual support given to the community from employers, right? So like you said, like expanding um, any sort of benefit or support to any type of family and not um, perhaps um, a family that's defined in a way that would exclude queer people and their families and our families. Um, I think in terms of, like you said, what is the industry? And, and like you made the point well, that that isn't specific to the energy industry and we should be clear about that. Um, I think that's just probably true of, um, you know, jobs uh, in general. Um, I think the energy industry, it's, it's so it's fascinating to me, Moss, that you took it upon yourself and did a little research as, as a researcher. Um, I shouldn't be fascinated <laughs> by that at all. In fact, of course you did, um, you know, to see whether our, our companies, um, our partners in, in our community, um, are they investing in things that could support our community and that that's a great thing to do um so folks are listening and want to know how else they could support that's a great one um help us and and help some you know donate and fund the causes that um would help us and our families and everyone else out there like us i have one last question mas um if you're up for it let's do it okay <laughs> 
So um, do you think being a part of this community has affected the way that you approach the work you do at Illum? And if so, how? Mm. That's a great question. Um, I guess kind of the first thing that comes to mind for me is just not feeling particularly precious about maintaining the status quo. Uh, you know, I think we know that doesn't really work for a lot of people, you know, and it's not just the queer community. So I feel pretty comfortable like raising points when it's like, no, this isn't quite right. Or like, have you thought about it this way? And um, I don't know, just pushing for something different. So I think, I don't know, I guess maybe that's a little bit of maybe a little bit of how I kind of see how it approaches, impacts how I've approached work um, for the loom and in the industry. But I also think the loom just generally pushes the status quo anyways. So maybe it's just part of being the culture here. So <laughs> what about you, Jess? How do you, how do you see it? Um, gosh, I'm sorry. I'm just, I love the um, not feeling precious about the status quo. What a thing to say. Um, I, I'm just going to let that settle because really nothing I can say will be as, um, as rad as that. But I, you know, I, um, I think a lot of things about this, how it's affected, um, how I approach the work that we do here at Illum. I think, um, I guess I'd kind of say like similar or tangential to the feeling you just described. I just think it, um, it helps me remember that we're all such like multi-dimensional people and what it feels like to be, um, you know, researched or marketed to in ways that feel deeply reductive or that completely miss the mark, you know, and like how yucky that feels. And um, not that all that we do at Loom is, is like research to support marketing because it's that would just be totally inaccurate, but just that like as researchers um, that support a, a huge array of, um, types of activities and efforts, you know, we, we say, and I think, I believe we do really always try to center the humanness in the work we do or the humanness behind the data that we are hoping to collect and then translate. And I think my queerness, just like any other part of me, um, that is maybe often, um, not centered or misunderstood or not seen reflected like it just helps me remember that like gosh when we do that we have to like really try hard to do that well because humans are such neat complex things and um we can't we can't forget that in our work oh that's good yeah no, i love that way to end it end it strong note oh thanks so, I mean, really though, I, you know, I, I do feel so lucky to have had this conversation with you, Moss, and I feel honored that we could do this together because it's the kickoff to um, this new podcast series that Illum is doing that I think will be really fascinating. Um, and I look forward to, to future episodes. Um, and I think, you know, maybe in summary, I think what is the hope of like I think our topic, our chat and this podcast, I think more generally is just trying to create space to have people think about um, how we can show up to work as our most authentic selves and how we can support others in doing that too. And to inspire conversations within the workplace about workplace culture and about ultimately how we can each work to create more inclusive spaces. Love that. I mean, I just kind of, I just want to, if I don't mind adding, I just love that it kind of reminds me of something that our wonderful Alex Dunn, Dr. Alex Dunn, as we like to 
car, <laughs> uh, says, you know, like we, we spend so much time together at work. And so if we can't just be ourselves emotionally and who we are and how important that is. So yeah, I think this, I'm also excited that we had this conversation and that there's going to be so many more talking about, you know, other quote unquote memberships. And so, yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Hope you learned a little something about our team at Illum and also maybe some little nuggets of wisdom or insight that you can take to your own work and to your own conversations with your colleagues. Thank you to Illum's production team for pulling this podcast together. Music today came to you by Mellow C. Thank you for taking the time to listen. We hope to talk to you next time. Take care.